0: Hello, and welcome to the Poetry P podcast. This week, as always, I hope, I have something special for you. I had a visit from the British poet David Jacobs. He started his published poetic life as a long-form poet, but now is successful as a haiku and senryu poet, not to mention the writer of Cat Jokes. No, really, I mean it. Don't mention him. We'll meet him in a minute, but before we do, if you're listening to this in July 2023, do go and consult the submissions diary, because this month you have the opportunity to submit haiku and senryu using toriawase. I do hope Keith's not listening to me, because he'll be telling me off for pronouncing it wrong, probably. If you don't know what I mean, you should go to episode 13 of this series and visit with myself and Keith Everts he of the Haiku Foundation's Revirals. He'll tell you all about it. In the second half of the month, I hope you'll be submitting Haibun. It's Haibun with a twist. Kurt Paulish gave us an example in episode 17. Listening to that is a real must-do if you're going to be successful in your submission this time. And Shane Pruitt, a Haibun editor, and I really want you to be successful. You can also submit your poetry to our video haiku prompt. Head over to our YouTube channel and put your poem in the comments. It's all set up for you to do that. And Linda Ludwig, our YouTube editor, will read every one of them and choose her favourites to be read on the podcast and published in the Poetry P journal. The next one, the second one of the year. Make sure you're on our mailing list if you want news of the first one. It should be published any day now. And of course, there's an early bird discount for those of you on the mailing list so brighty ho let's get on shall we we have a poet to meet some inspiration and advice to absorb and fun to have here is my chat with david jacobs enjoy today we're welcoming david jacobs to p towers to give us a reading of his work hello david and welcome to poetry p
1: Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. and uh, (laughs) Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, you know, it's a real pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Now, you may well know David. He is a fellow poet after all. And the blurb on his latest haiku book, Buzz, says the following about him. David Jacobs is that rare haiku poet, an established mainstream poet, having published in literary periodicals and poetry journals worldwide. His collections include Harlem Road, From Peterloo in 1988 which was reviewed favourably in the Times Literary Supplement and David to use typical British understatement that's quite a big deal really isn't it?
1: Yes I guess I mean for me it was a big deal certainly the um, review in the Times Literary Supplement was a big deal for various reasons because the same reviewer who had given me this good review and in fact put a buy recommendation next to it was um, the same reviewer who about three or four years previously had reviewed my first collection also in the TLS and had given me a right royal (laughs) slating. So this was um, quite a difference. And also, ironically, that bad review um, came... Three weeks after, I'd had a really good review of my first book from Poetry Review, oh. which is one of the which is the organ of the Poetry Society, and generally sort of knowledge as the best of the best of the rest, if you like, of the yeah. solely solely poetry magazines. So I was brought down to earth with a with a crash um, <laughs> after that. After thinking, yes, I've arrived, I've arrived, I've arrived, and uh, but I hadn't. But when I thought about it, well, I thought actually that the, a, I'd rather have a very good review alongside a bad review, rather than have two sort of average reviews or what I might call a kind review or a polite review. Hmm. Um, to me, they, the the two both of the people who reviewed my first book were established poets, and I thought, no, they both read the book. One's focused on. the better part of it the other was focused on where I went wrong he called me pseudo larkin and that sort of thing sort of mention I was vaguely promising but um but that was that was it but I so I'd rather have had those than than the two two kind reviews of next to each other and I took it to heart and I did realize my writing needed some adjustments mm-hmm. so yes it was a big deal when I got the um got the second review from the um. same guy
0: now, I invited David along initially because of his haibun. I've been reading and enjoying them recently and, and wanted to hear him read some of them for us. But then as I was doing the research, I discovered, as you've already heard, that he was not always involved in the Japanese short form. He started his poetic life very much in the mainstream, in long form poetry. And I thought it might be interesting to hear the journey of a poet, this poet, of course, David Jacobs and I hope you're going to be interested too. So David, could you kick us off with a reading of your poem, Christmas Lunch?
1: Christmas Lunch. The credentials of the Bonavires plummeted like shares. They never did write, said my friend, shampooing his car and brooding over an era's end. They had returned to their roots like migrating birds, Came twice for Christmas lunch, he adjudged, judged, measuring his words like stepping stones or a row of beads. A sea dog of a face, tufted beard, swallow-like moustache. His car shone like a capsule of sunlight. She's done me proud, he insisted, as well he might. And that appeared in London magazine, I think about a century ago, <laughs> But no, about uh, 1990, I think, it was volume, volume 30, numbers nine to 10. I don't think you'll find it online.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for reading it to us. And you told me uh, when we were putting this together that the then editor of the London magazine loved similes and that coincidentally you were going through a simile metaphor period at the time. And with my editor's hat on, I noticed that many poets used um used to writing a more long-form or a western style of poetry, send me haiku, including similes. And I wondered, were you able to break the habit easily when you turned to haiku?
1: I think the short answer to that is yes, but I think probably because it was never really a habit with me. Um it was a it was a phase I went through and I realised quite soon that the editor of London Magazine, which was always a target journal for me to try and get into, uh, published a lot of this type of stuff, which I think was originated by Craig Ray when he wrote "The Martian Sends a Postcard Home." If you're aware of that, and so this type of simile, metaphor, writing acquired the name of Martian. The real reason I didn't have too much of a problem switching is because before, when I just before I started to take up writing haiku. I hadn't written very much mainstream stuff at all for the last two or three years. Uh-huh. I'd had a sort of completely lean period. So I think I'd almost forgotten all my good habits and bad habits of writing mainstream stuff. So I was really just starting afresh with haiku. And so um, I don't think I could now even write a, a mainstream poem. I'd, I'd really struggle. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think that's the reason there was no real problem switching over
0: as we were talking prior to this you said you might have a little bit of advice for people submitting outside the short form haiku haibun, type journals
1: most advice i would give is read 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 mm-hmm. um because um the best way of getting into for beginners certainly getting into journals and is to read the best and uh if you want to be the best, you want to read the best. And I would start with the small press type of journals. I mean, I'm not I'm not up to date now with um these small press journals. And some of these are quite tough to get into as well. So so I think find out your market, buy a copy of the writers and artists' yearbook, see what's around, make sure you learn how to um see what different editors like and. Subscribe to their journals, and, and I think that's the way you hone your craft and and get into it. But yeah, you've got to be a bit thick-skinned. You're going to get stuff back, and uh, we've all had it. I mean, a, lo- a lot of people do not like rejections. Well, a lot of people, probably everyone, um, <laughs> doesn't like doesn't like their poems coming back. I think one bit of advice I said: don't try and explain your poems to the editor because. Mm-hmm. He or she is not going to be interested in it. And in the end, the poem is successful not by what it's tried to say, but what is actually said. But the advice is, I'm afraid, read, read the others. I mean, one of the books I read, apart from Larkin, was a book called Terry Street by Douglas Dunn, mm-hmm. and which described, which is an urban book of urban poetry. Mm-hmm. And I think set in Howl, if I remember. But it's a, it's just descriptively superb, and uh, Terry Street became Harlem Road. I think you have to really study the poets you like and Mm. really um, try to unravel their secrets, see how they structure their poems, and then go from there.
0: Absolutely. And I was intrigued because, like you said, you, you were noticed by the Times Literary Supplement, maybe the good and bad, Um, But how do you think that you you got their attention?
1: I think with um, great difficulty, probably, the answer is how I got their attention. (laughs) I I certainly wouldn't recommend to new poets to try the TLS or the London magazine or the Literary Review. It's very, very difficult because um, they publish very um, few poems, but they're also publishing essays and Mm -hmm. short stories and artwork. So the, the space allotted to poems is actually quite small. Okay. So I think I think it's it's very difficult. But I think when you're confident enough, you know, then you you can try them. It's a good story, actually. In its most brutal form,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, was, I was I saw one poet, in one of these literary journals, was interviewed, and he was asked, um, "How on earth do you plough through all your hundred thousands of submissions and and select. And he said, I divide my submissions into two piles. In the first pile, I put all the submissions I get from poets I know and respect. In the second pile, I put the rest. If there's enough for my purposes in the first pile, the rest goes back. It, It shows how difficult it is to start You've just got to, I think, make your name in the smaller, smaller magazines yeah. and and then go on to the next level. Perhaps breaking in is to have a go at a lot of the competitions yeah. around because they're all judged anonymously. So you, you lose the um, the effect of the particular editor I described, <laughs> dividing you, dividing them up in dividing you into pile number two.
0: Oh dear! Before we um, depress ourselves altogether, uh, <laughs> David, shall we shall we go on to another of your longer poems?
1: This um, introduces my son at a very early age, and is called uh, Bar Football. Alex plays by his own rules, which at four and a half is just permissible. Mummy, I have to win," he informs Mummy, who gives up asking if he wants to be the blue team or the red. A chunk of spending disappears in favor of a 12-ball footballing bonanza. Mummy mustn't play as Alex spots each ball precisely at the feet of blue or red, then scuttles round the table to to locate the handle that will flip the goal. Sometimes, mummy utters, goal, well played. Her voice, not quite as sprightly as the words, her eyes adrift among the bar's more adult games of coupling and flashing fruit. I've drawn the longest draw, spectating, marvelling how my son achieves this latest cheat. Game over, he returns to Mountaineer a and tell me in his cutely breathless way, Daddy, I won! Behind him trails the loser, sighing wonderfully. This was published in my third and final mainstream book, *The Gardens of Uncle Arnold*, which um, is, I think, just about available. Um, Harlem Road, I've got loads of copies of, but um, um, this latest one—I mean, that, the publisher is now doesn't exist, so—and um, I lost track of where all the any of his copies might have might have been, but I have one or two available.
0: So this podcast, as well as a journey with your poetry, is going to be a bit of a journey with Alex, because we're going to hear about him as we go through. And in looking for examples of your haiku now, I found your book just before bed on the Haiku Foundation website, which was published in 2012. And the poems that we're going to talk about next will probably predate that publication date. But tell us, when did you seriously start writing your haiku?
1: Probably 2010, I started doodling at work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and realising retirement was was a good option. Took it from there. And it
0: from there when really. you talk about haiku, do you use it as a sort of coverall for haiku senryu, or just for haiku?
1: I tend to rather blithely um, just call them all haiku.
0: So we're going to hear some from just before bed, which was reviewed by Michelle Root Bernstein in Frogpond. And she said of it, characteristics that struck this reader include the deft use of language to connect one image to another. The bittersweet um, contiguity. How, it, how do you pronounce that? Contiguity?
1: I don't know. And I had to actually check it in the, in the dictionary <laughs> when I saw the <laughs> review. Um, so I wasn't quite sure.
0: Um, of reality and imagination. Understated wit and unassuming insight which, again, I thought was not too shabby for a review of your first book, David, your first haiku book, anyway.
1: No, I certainly... uh, Well, it was a lot better than the review I got from the TLS for my my first (laughs) mainstream book. I think that was um, a nice review. And coming from um, Michelle, I mean, you know, has won loads of awards and is Mm -hmm. very prolific and appears everywhere. I can't really argue with that... um, (laughs) even if I have to check some of the meaning in a dictionary. <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> Would you like to read some of the work to us?
1: Coming ashore at their own pace, Osman's ripples. Coming ashore at their own pace, Osman's ripples. All the family around the hatchback, summer's end. All the family around the hatchback, summer's end. New Year's Day, pressing the old soap into the new. New Year's Day, pressing the old soap into the new. Good Friday, the usual mayhem on the gyratory. Good Friday, the usual mayhem on the gyratory.
0: I said to you before, David, that that last one resonated with me. And last time we were talking, I couldn't remember what the name of the road was. I remembered in the end; it was the Hangar Lane Generatory, yeah. um, yeah. which, if anyone yeah. is listening from London, will know is um, is, a, is horrendous, particularly at the weekend. But um, there you go. And the other one, <laughs> I thought every time I read it, and uh, and listening to you read it too, New Year's Day, pressing the old soap into the new. I think, isn't that a poem of its time? Do you think in ten years' time people will will get that?
1: Oh, yes, I see what you mean, yeah. I wanted to do a haiku about pressing the old soap into the new because I thought there had to be something there, and and it took me ages to actually get the first line. Mm -hmm. And uh, the now seems completely obvious. I suppose New Year's Day is a bit of a hackney type of Kigo, but it's... uh, uh, but it works at times. Um, it works thing.
0: perfectly, really, for this one. Like you said, yep. now you've got it there. You must have been kicking yourself that you didn't think of it earlier.
1: But this is the thing about hyper writing, isn't it? it? It's just uh, when you finally sort of get there, and you think, "Well, how did it take me six months to get there, <laughs> or whatever it, whatever it took?" And mm-hmm. uh, and this was, um, and sometimes you sort of almost, yeah, you know, the. The key go might you might start with a key go, but this I just started with how do I how do I sort this um, this image out? That was it.
0: Are you, um, are you somebody who edits who will keep, however, you keep them in a note, notebook or whatever? You're right, let it stew for a little while, come back and 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 edit them, or how do you go about it?
1: It varies. I mean, obviously. Probably like most people, some come quite quickly, but okay. um, and seem to be sort of finished. Mm-hmm. And others, yes, I come back to them, and when I think I've got a draft that might be worth, might be a week's time, a month's time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one, there's one poet, a haiku poet I spoke to, and um, quite a well-known one, and he um, he told me that once he's written a draft, he uh, puts it away for four to five years. Oh, I mean, I think it's quite extreme that, but mm. it uh, it seems to work. Yeah, I think someone described described finishing a poem is like a a box when it just clicks shut. Oh, isn't that's the um, and that's, if you know, it's you can close down that particular haiku forever and go on to the next.
0: We're going to continue our journey with you with a few more haiku and send you from another of your books, Grandma's Chip Bowl. Now, this one was reviewed by Alan Summers, who said, This collection is a magnus magnum opus with 112 haiku. Thankfully, the power of its themes make this a wonderful read, not at all bloated. These strong themes encompass other seasons, those outside nature, but of it too, such as our daily commute and thoughts of death, practical and otherwise. And one of the most, most powerful, endearing and blisteringly powerful themes of today, that of mental health. And he also mentions the glimpses we get into the father and son relationship. And I think, in fact, we're going to hear a little bit more of Alex. So shall we, David?
1: Sub-zero. Sub-zero. My son's email starts with sorry. Sub-zero. My son's email starts with sorry. A better day. The sink ant granted a reprieve. A better day. The sink ant granted a
2: reprieve. Whipped cream mocha.
1: The closest I've come to Mount Fuji. Whipped cream mocha. The closest I've come to Mount Fuji. And finally, this is a one line A woman with a broom on a bus in Barnes. A woman with a broom on a bus in Barnes.
0: Alex is much older in this one um, than when we last met him, I think. And for me, subs, Sub-Zero sub contains many, many stories. Have you had a row? If so, what about? Has your son in the typical way of a child neglected to be in touch? You know, I think Alan is quite right. These little glimpses we get of you and your son are really very relatable. So I wondered, if you don't mind, if I'm being <laughs> too intrusive, tell me, <laughs> but what happened that you had to apologise
1: well, the answer is not very much that happened. <laughs> I mean, I, I suspect I wrote this soon after he had gone off to university in New York. He basically just hadn't written for a while. But I was probably feeling, the period of feeling a bit gloomy about that. But mm-hmm. uh, Buddy always does write. And he he's much better now at writing fairly regularly. But it was soon after I suspect he'd gone to uni that this one emerged this haiku emerged and i agree that um, sub-zero can have various many connotations to it mm-hmm. and can be looked at in many different ways uh, but no he was just basically apologizing for not having written a bit sooner that was it which, uh, which is
0: typical when you've got the kids at university really
1: <laughs> probably made him look as if <laughs> he had something big to apologize for yeah when, that's, that's when so really disappointing. <laughs> 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 sorry about that
0: oh dearie me <clears throat> but there was this, a lovely high one, and we're going to talk about your high one later but there is one that you you wrote I presume roughly when he went off to to university I don't know if you remember it well enough to read it if not because I just threw this one at you shall I read it um, it's from um, Highbun today. Oh,
1: oh yes. Um, probably, because I don't have it in front of me. I okay. Might, I, might, I know it's very short, but um, no, go ahead. Go All on. right,
0: then. So it's, it's from Highbun today, and it's called You Could Always Get a Dog, Dad. That's what my son came out with at Heathrow when I saw him off to uni, just after I said I was going to miss him. But I never did. All the others, walking theirs, light evening rain. It's sort of it, yeah. again. It's sort of bittersweet, and but you know what? Just reading it out loud again. I'm just going to read this bit. That's what my son came out with at Heathrow when I saw him off to uni, just after I said I was going to miss him, but I never did. <laughs> it just struck me. Do you mean you never did miss him,
1: <laughs> well, or you, you never did all. get the <laughs> Well, I hope that the haiku sort of indicated <laughs> the yeah. indicated that I hadn't got the dog, but um, and that was, I mean, I, because I, you probably have to see it written down um, mm. because um, I put sort of three dots after the title. You
0: did the, or the long yep.
1: title, and then put three dots at the start of the, the, the last bit. So um, it was it was certainly the dog. The dog. But, <laughs> um, I, had, I hadn't got. But I mean, the haiku stemmed from the fact that um, he was offering the dog to me as a replacement for him. I just, I just found that quite fun. Um,
0: oh yeah, it is fun, absolutely. I'll, I'll put a link to to the haibun in in the show notes so people can go back and read it themselves. Yeah,
1: um, um, I enjoyed writing that hi- that haibun actually. Um, I, I found it quite a, quite a fun one for me, and to sort of trick everyone with that last. Sentence. yes
0: the syncant um granting it a reprieve again it could go it could go either way it could go as um as somebody uh who's not been having a great time but is having a better one today so the syncant gets a, a reprieve or it could be quite hopeful and funny about well you know the syncant's getting a reprieve you know yeah. which it yeah it may, may not get normally
1: there's a bit of humor in it I hope um, oh yeah, I think the, so. The the yeah. things seem to just link up. The juxtaposition just seem to work for that uh, on that occasion. And I, I, one or two people have have liked that, and I don't particularly like that one. I, I don't know what. Mm. No, but because perhaps the low mood thing, and uh,
0: mm, maybe
1: that um, has put me off it slightly. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's, it's but then you can never tell. People like different things, and no.
0: Nope. So once once you've the, written it and sent it out into the world, that, you have no control.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, um, I won't send it to London Magazine, anyway. I don't. I don't I, I don't. I don't think I will. Um, I, I think it's worth sending a haiku to uh, a literary journal.
0: Especially. Oh, isn't it? That's a real shame, though. Well, I have a theory on that, but we won't go into that. I mean, maybe you can come back another day and and you can debate me on my theory about that one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so whipped cream and Mount Fuji. I've listened or I've read a lot of Mount Fuji haiku yeah. or senryu. Yes, yeah. and I think that's that's a great one. It puts a whole new idea on it.
1: Well, it, it, that actually is one of my favourite. I mean, looking away from the uh, hand, that is actually one of my favourites. And it's interesting because I don't know if you know um, Fei Yagi, uh, Japanese, yes. um, yeah. who's an editor on. Um, Heaven's Nest. Yeah. From time to time, I send her a batch of stuff, and uh, she pounced on that one. <clears throat> and and she said almost exactly what you said uh, that uh, I don't normally um, put forward. Mount um, uh, Fuji poems to the rest of the editorial board, but on this occasion, I'm going to put um, that one forward because it's a bit different. Unfortunately, the rest of the editorial board didn't. Think the same? Did and, they not. Uh, no, well, well, it didn't get. It did wasn't one that made it into oh. into the Alma Journal. But I was pleased with what she said. I mean, um, the fact that she sort of laughed at it. It's one of my earlier ones. I don't think it ever got into a journal.
0: And then, last <laughs> but not least, your lady on the bus in Barnes. I wrote to you and said, did, have I missed one of the layers in this? And do you want to tell us what you said in?
1: I think it, I, I think I agree with you basically, but um, it isn't um, it isn't too deep. It's mm-hmm. um, it's just, uh, and the strength of it comes from uh, from the alliteration, mm-hmm. which is I think you also say that some people like, some people don't like. Um, yeah. I, I I always think I, I mean I sometimes when I say it to myself, I sort of. Sounds of, I almost sing it, the okay. woman with the broom on the bus in yeah. barns. It sort of bounces along, but it, it could almost be a the start of a, a story or, or a song. There was once a woman with a, you know, on a bus in barns who sat by this broom and blah, blah, blah. It's that sort of thing. I yeah. just I just found it a bit of a, you know, you don't see this every day type of sight. But I don't know if anyone wants to uncover a, a layer of depth in it. Uh, they're welcome to try.
0: Well, I I like the alliteration, but as I said to you, I think some people are a bit sniffy about it sometimes. Yeah. But but yeah. I think when when it's done like this, I I think you've got to admire it. That that was just my tuppence worth on that one. But I also wanted to know why is the work this particular book called Grandma's Chip Ball?
1: In the book, there's a there's a haiku which is. Top hotel grandma's chip bowl overflowing, and in the absence of finding a title that's really good, I think probably most haiku writers look through each haiku they've written and see if there's a good sort of title there within the within one of one of the haiku. And I just sort of came up. I just decided, oh, that's a good good thing because um, it sounds as if uh, you know the book is overflowing with. Haiku, whereas and her bowl was overflowing with chips, and it was just and she was really enjoying these. I mean, the family were were sitting at a table near us, and it was it was just uh, the children were running around, and she was just having a marvelous time with this massive chip bowl, <laughs> bowl of chips, and uh, the front cover of the book actually has a picture of. Chip's almost overflowing and the ketchup sort of wobbling on the edge of the yeah. bowl, about to fall off. And that was the um why I decided to call it Grandma's Chip Bowl.
0: Can people still buy this book?
1: Um yes, I've got copies of this, and I would be the only one who okay. probably have that. So that would be the email me and uh, I can sort out, sort that out.
0: OK, so again, remind people that the details will be in the show notes. They can go there and, yeah, and find yeah. it. So on to our last batch of haiku. And this time from your most recent book, Buzz. So Michael Dylan Welsh says in uh, this haiku or the haiku in this book, that these self-effacing poems reveal the poet getting older. Cheers, Michael. Um, so, <laughs> Do you feel that in the work? Because I know um, we, we're going to meet your son again and he's definitely older.
1: I, I certainly feel I'm getting older. I feel grumpier, um, <laughs> which is a good sign of getting wrong a real sign of getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, as to your question, do I feel that in the work? Yes, I think it's there because it does contain um, a reference to a 65th Christmas and a 68th birthday and another haiku that are less direct than that.
0: So, shall we hear a little from Buzz then, David?
1: Arrivals, my son's
2: stubble. Arrivals, my son's stubble. The kiosk girl, gone with the kiosk, first autumn leaves. The kiosk girl, gone with the kiosk, first autumn leaves. Wildlife,
1: I tread a path round the lover's wildlife I tread a path round the lovers
0: David we've seen a progression of your poetry from long form to haiku through the years do you feel we know we've just touched on you feeling older yourself but what if anything's changed about your haiku
1: well you may be surprised by this answer but um, I think they may have actually got slightly worse I remember the late Martin Lucas said did say something about a a two-year explosive period of writing haiku, after which you sort of lose lose the way and uh, they go sideways and maybe downhill from mm-hmm. there on in. I quite like the challenge and I, I've gone on to writing and I've been writing quite a lot of one-liners recently,
2: mm-hmm.
1: jumping on a sort of bandwagon because a lot of a lot of haiku writers seem to be now writing in one line. Uh, um, and I and I find that quite a nice challenge. And I'm probably being unduly pessimistic about my own work. I, I suspect. Um, I think just before bed was a sort of shorter book, and it didn't have too many very bad haiku in it. Whereas now I probably may be writing some which are similar, but a longer book will probably contain a few more, lots of good ones as well. And one of my early ones did did pick up a British Haiku Award or a runner-up in British Haiku Award a couple of years back, I think. So I'll read that one. Um,
0: yes, please.
1: Making the snow globe snow, the child within. Making the snow globe snow, the child within. That's, that's the haiku. I mean, writing is a challenge. I mean, I'm not sure I've really ever found my voice in them in haiku and mm-hmm. uh, and as you've probably seen i like to like to give someone a smile or a laugh mm-hmm. as well as writing it something relatively serious
0: but so, you you were also telling me david speaking of your humor that in a, a former existence you wrote a joke book the awfully good cat joke book yes. with yeah. terrible jokes um would you care to give us one
1: yes i will i'm, I'm sorry to say this book is available um <laughs> Not, not particularly from me, but I noticed it's it's there with a lot of online booksellers. Mm-hmm. It was all done in question and answer form mm-hmm. and uh, they were brilliantly edit- illustrated by the artist. Oh, okay. um, uh, the, the jokes. Why do cats never go hungry in Reykjavik? Answer. Because it's in my slang. <laughs> now... Um, yes, a bit of a dad joke.
0: Definitely a dad joke. I mean, that's, that'd be a great uh, present for all dads coming up to Christmas or Father's Day.
1: It sold well in the Christmas it came out. I have to say, unfortunately, the joke that I've just read out is probably the best one in the book. So that might not encourage <laughs> people to go out and buy it.
0: I'm not sure you've done the best sales job on that one, but it, you've well, been honest and it is. A,
1: it well, is I, a, I may not have done the best sales <laughs> job, but I reckon it's sold a lot more than my haiku books. <laughs> <laughs> just just <laughs> probably in a few days before then. Oh so,
0: good Lord. Uh, um <laughs> just to go back to, to your haiku book then, Buzz. Buzz is a Red Moon Press book from the Red yeah, Moon Press. Yeah. Is that the only place that people can get a hold of it?
1: Yes, you can obviously get it through through Red Moon. Um mm-hmm. and I have copies um okay. available. You know, I'm quite happy for people to go through the official channels.
0: So now we're coming to the bit that I sort of Highlighted at the beginning, Haibun, because that's how I, I mean, I knew your work, but I wasn't as familiar with your haiku and senryu as I am now. But it was your Haibun that I was really excited about. And so I invited you on, and I think you've got three more that we're going to hear now. So I'm going to hand over to you and let you go for it.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, the first one is the longest and um, is probably my favorite called intention of visit it's um describes uh, um, going through um security at jfk or border control and it's it's the questions that i'm being asked is the first thing that you will hear the second thing is an answer that i might have liked to have given if i was happy to spend a day in a jail in new york the the final bit is the answer i actually gave intention of visit and what mr jacobs is the intention of your visit survival i hate traveling especially with american airlines i'd much rather stay at home but i intend to limit panic attacks to no more than one per day and not become psychopathically wound up when room service fails to answer. I further intend to avoid ending up in the Bronx as a result of your utterly incomprehensible subway system. To see my son. Your son lives and works in New York? The reason I booked a flight to JFK rather than Moscow? Yes. And what does he do? Womanises mainly. No female is safe with him on the loose, including your wife. I'm surprised Humpty Trumpty signed off on his visa. Financial services.
2: Do you have grandchildren? Almost certainly, but none have been verified. No. Your address in New York?
1: Polite, always polite when I address New Yorkers. The Hilton, Avenue of Americans, I mean Americas.
2: Thank you, Mr. Jacobs, enjoy your stay. Lift off, my cell phone working like a dream. Log jam,
1: the cabbie tells me his entire
2: life.
0: I think, I mean, I've written, I've read a lot of your Highburn now, and uh, that's certainly one of my favourites, just for the, I mean, a lot of us will have been through the, the same situation as you. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I was thinking when, when I read through this, I thought when I read what you said about him, I thought, oh, if that were mine, or the other one who isn't married, he'd give me some serious grief. <laughs> 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 I um,
1: strangely, I mean, my son did read this one, and mm-hmm. he he just said, "Yeah, no, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny." And uh, whether he was quite chuffed to be described as a womanizer and it, it was good for his ego, or I, I don't know, but he was. Uh, but he certainly didn't didn't really comment on it. And my, and I've certainly not heard from his lawyer. So uh, <laughs> I think it went down all right.
0: Oh, jolly good! Our next two, or your next two, I should say, are both from Highborn today. I think.
1: That's right, yes, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So the first one is um, called The Runner. It feels as if he's always here, circling and recircling the perimeter path, clocking out mileage like forest gum. Sometimes I think I'm invisible. If I meet him head on, it's always me who steps aside. Old cemetery, some stones impossible
0: to read. David, this this one's fascinated, fascinating, um, because I think you are a poet in residence for I don't know how to pronounce this either. Would that's... it be Margravine? Margravine. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Margravine, yeah. yeah.
0: In um, a cemetery in Baron's Court in London. Do tell us about that. What? How on earth did you get involved with that?
1: Yes, I was involved because um, the previous occupier of this uh, prestigious post was diana webb and when she stopped doing it uh, she recommended she asked me if i wanted to to do it so that's how it how it began it sounds um very grand but isn't it basically involves um we're writing a sort of seasonal style mm-hmm. haiku mm-hmm. which goes on the notice board oh okay in the cemetery and occasionally one goes in the newsletter and that's basically um what the job is?
0: I visit lots of cemeteries. Sounds really good, yeah, but they are yeah. quite interesting places to to go. I was in Hull recently and visited Philip Larkin and his mistress, uh, which was quite interesting.
1: I mean, I remember when I first moved in, I, I took my son out. He just had his a new bike for his birthday, and, oh. um, and he was ready to try it out. And so, there's a big central path, and sort of charged off down there, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and it was spring, and I was started to photograph blossom and uh, monitor of the graves and all that sort of stuff, and he charged on ahead the and, and then we got to the other end, the notice board end. I looked on the notice board and they said they had the bylaws printed, and they said one of which was no cycling is allowed in the cemetery and no photographing of the graves is allowed oh. without consulting the estate. And uh, I thought, that's good for a first go. I've broken, I've broken the bylaws twice.
0: We have one, unfortunately, just one last one. So I'll hand back to you and, and ask you to read it for us. Right.
1: The last one is, um, actually, I think the first hy- hyben I had published, and it's called 102. In three months, you'll be 102. I've stopped adding, if he makes it. Partly because I shouldn't, and partly because he will. My brother and I brainstorm as to what we might get him. Not for the first time. He suggests a puzzle. I wonder about Lego giving its cult following among adults. Could he manage a simple Darth Vader? Snowbound field. Seen from the train window. Another train.
0: So, David, it's time to say goodbye and a big thank you for spending time with us today. We've spoken about a number of your books, all of them you can get through, David. So I'll put all the details in the the show notes. So, David, thank you once again for coming along and reading to us.
1: Oh, thank you very much again for inviting me. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it very much.
0: (laughs) Thanks, David. Thank Thank you you very much. Thanks, Patricia. So that was my visit with the British poet, David Jacobs. I really hope you enjoyed it. And you know a little bit more about him now. If you're interested in any of the books we've spoken about today, and you'd like to get hold of them and have a read, I'll have links in the show notes. One last reminder that this month, July 2023, you should be writing haiku and senryu using Toriya And in the second half of the month, you're writing haibun, If you want to, of course. But remember, there's a special requirement for this high submission period. Thank you very much for coming along today. It's been a blast talking to David and to have your company. I'll see you soon, next week I hope, for another episode of Poetry P. Till then, keep writing. And if I've forgotten anything in the show notes, and it's quite possible, you know me, just email me send me a private message on Twitter or Instagram and let me know. I'll sort it out. Ciao!